Good. Yeah, it could be, could be a bingo one. Don't knock it. You never know. You never know what's going to come out. <laughs> I just might do it myself. That might have been an inspired moment, and you just didn't know, didn't recognise the anointing falling. Okay, let's make a start. Um, let's just pray first and commit this time to the Lord, shall we? Good. Lord, we just uh, thank you for gathering us. We thank you that we gather in your name, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you died for us. You rose again. You're sitting at the right hand of the Father, Lord, and it is your will and your purpose for us to work alongside you, to co-labor with you, to see the good news spread in the earth, Lord. We thank you for this vision that you've given us for gospel communities, Lord. We're excited about what you're going to be doing. We're excited about the possibilities, Lord, of seeing lives saved and restored, um, lives transformed because of your gospel, Lord. We just ask that you just be here this evening by your Holy Spirit, that you would inspire our thinking, that you would inspire our talking, that you would just really be very present with us. Jesus, we welcome you here by your Spirit. Come and be with us. Come and bring a joy. Come and bring an expectation. Come and bring an excitement. We just commit this all to you, Jesus, for your glory. Amen. Good. Okay. So I'll just quickly run through what we're going to be doing for this evening. Um, we're going to start off just by reminding you a little bit around the vision for Gospel Community. Steph's going to speak for about an hour or something, I think. <laughs> Five minutes you got, Steph, all right? Five minutes. Um, and then, the big moment, we've, uh, as you know, we've asked people to email us with their ideas around vision for Gospel Communities. We have known less than 19 come through. <laughs> And not only that, but we also have some spare forms, just in case you get some uh, inspired ideas as you're sitting here, and absolutely we want those too. So after Seth's spoken, we're going to ask people to come up one by one, share their vision just for literally two minutes, because obviously that's quite a lot to get through. Um, we'll have an opportunity for Q&A around that vision if you just need some clarity around uh, what the intent is there. And then we're going to spend some time praying. And then at the end, Rich is just going to talk to us about how we go about signing up for the different gospel communities. Sound good? Oh, I like that. Good. Let's do it again. Sound good? Good. Okay, then Steph, I welcome you to the floor. Great. I probably won't be saying anything uh, particularly... Um, maybe well, maybe one new thing, um, but the rest of it is, is stuff you've mostly heard before. But just to clarify it, uh, some of you may not have been around on a particular Sunday when we spoke about it or at the family meeting, so here we go. Um, the plan is, is over this year to transition the whole church into uh, gospel communities where we really learn to uh, work out what it is um, to um, reach this part of London in community. Um, so it's... The community element in terms of loving one another, I think what, what, what an observation from what happens very often in church life is that very often things go, go in on themselves. They don't mean to, but they just can be a thing where um, if there's no vision or momentum, things can go get very introspective, um, whereas obviously we're called to, to be those who go. So the whole idea is, is that we want these gospel communities to be built around uh, outreach vision and that we learn to love one another and love God on the way, okay? Um, rather than saying, we're going to have uh, community groups, and it'd be great if we could do some kind of outreach. So you see the difference in emphasis there? Um, so rather than saying, let's get together, and we can maybe add a few bits of outreach in there, or try and do some stuff. We say, no, we're going to gather to some spirit-inspired um, vision, and really learn to do that well in community on the way. So that's really the idea, the plan behind these things. We'll be, these gospel communities will be gathered around a passion. For example, 
football, music, food, okay, or around a place, a particular geographical location, or around a particular people, perhaps the elderly, um, students, um, whatever. Okay, so that's how these things are going to work in a nutshell. Originally, we said um, that we would like those who are married couples to be in the same gospel community. We've done a U-turn on that. Um, quite humorously, when um, myself, Si and Rich had an Elders' Day together and we were talking about it, and all of us had had, had significant problems with our um, other better halves <laughs> working out what gospel communities to be in where we'd had very different um, desires and ideas. Now, I guess one might say, well, come on, work it out, um, which I'm sure we could have done if we'd needed to. Or, or we could have said, well, actually, are we hitting something here whereby potentially... We are, um, through this policy, um, holding back free running into mission. Um, are we, so because we want it to be so built around mission, we feel actually, look, let's just actually give couples the freedom to make the call. Um, all we would say is this. If, you are part of a, if you're married and you're part of a different gospel community, make sure you do get some time together at some point in life, okay? So just make sure there's lots of uh, diligence being given to your um, to quality time together. But So, for example, it may, you know, it may be that um, in a particular marriage that uh, may, maybe... Um, Maybe the wife is uh, at home uh, during the daytime um, and so would be able to be involved in a daytime gospel community very easily. Um, and, but, but obviously the husband couldn't um, and perhaps wouldn't want to be if it was for mums. Yeah? So he would want to be in something else. And we would want to give, we, also, we just want to give freedom for ideas to run on these things and recognize that although these gospel communities are going to be central to the life of the church, um, definitely. Um, there's obviously still other areas where we will hook up organically and see one another. So we want to just give some freedom there that perhaps before um, we, we weren't so sure about. Tonight is about vision. Um, it's not so much about structure. The structure that, we, w- that we're going to be working towards is a leadership team in every gospel community with a visionary leader. Um, and gathered to that visionary leader will be a pastoral leader, so someone who's particularly strong and, th- and is wired in terms of thinking about love one another, looking after one another, and an administrative leader, so someone who's particularly wired in terms of making sure this thing works well, and that it's not chaotic, disorderly, um, unnecessarily disorganized, but there's some kind of, um, you know, there's, there's a good sense of um, organization going on. So, so we're looking for a team that will lead these things with a good gift mix. Because that, that will, it will be sustainable if that's the case. The thing will be able to, act, we think it will have longevity. Rather than putting all of that on one person who's rarely gifted with all those three things. Sometimes they are, but it's rare. And even if they are, over time that can prove a burden that is actually, God loves team. God loves gift mix. He gifts us differently. So let's honor that in, in the way we do things. So really, we're just, the whole idea tonight is that the visionary leader stands up and says, here's my vision. And then we wait to see who will gather to that. If no one gathers to that, then what do we do? Well, we sit down and we talk about it. We say, okay, look, you got up and you spoke. No one's gathered to it. Let's, let's, let's talk and pray about that now, okay? So we just coach you through that. And we said, well, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the thing. Maybe it's not the thing now. Um, or who, we'll, we'll, we'll just see where it goes. So we're going to all be feeling our way through together on this. But, um, so it's the, it's the messy way. But in Acts 2, it says that um, in these days, God's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. 
and dreams and visions come as a result. So we really want to honor and give room for that rather than just say, oh, me, Simon, and Rich were praying and we decided it's this. Because actually the Bible says all flesh, yeah? It's, 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 it's all of God's people should be having dreams and visions. So we really want to give space to that and not legislate, you know, and just say, well, let's see who gathers and then let's see what we've got. So we don't know where this is going to go. Um, we're just trusting God for a brilliant outcome. Amen? Amen. Um, and so get, get, get ready for this kind of a fit. This is what it's going to be like. Um, and, but I think there will be incredible life that comes as a result and um, hopefully massive fruitfulness. So any questions before we get into people giving their speeches? Ben. Okay, so basically, the, uh, yeah, so Richard's going to talk through the process, but there will be opportunity to sign up to a particular vision tonight, or if you're, if you're not grabbed by anything particularly tonight, or maybe you're just the kind of person where things just take a bit longer to distill, to go through your system, you might want a bit more time, there'll be opportunity online to sign up. So I guess really the next couple of weeks we'll be looking to see, okay, who has gathered to what, what have we got? That's the idea. All the speeches tonight will be being put on an audio file, and we're looking to get them out to the whole church by Friday. So um, really that gives, I guess, the church almost two weeks as well that aren't here tonight to listen and to, and to sign up. So that's the plan there. Any other questions? Seb? If you were to sign up to two or three, my fear is, is that it could be potentially confusing for the visionary leader. What I would say is, is this, is that it's possible to be part of a gospel community and yet still, um, still go and serve in an area where you want to serve. So, for example, um, I'm sure that if you were in a gospel community for, for students, Nicola wouldn't be offended if you wanted to go and help her on a cap visit. Yeah, so let's not have an overly restrictive view. So I think we're saying let's sign up, please, for one gospel community for clarity's sake. But don't see that in a way that means you therefore can never do anything else. It doesn't mean that. Chris. Is there an assumed onus or responsibility on those who speak this evening that they want to lead that gospel community? Yes. So if, if you hadn't realized that, and you're thinking, oh, I put myself forward because it's just kind of a good idea, and uh, I don't really want people, if people gather to me, oh, I'm going to freak out, then what I'll suggest is, is just say, do you know what, maybe I'm going to just hold for a minute. But yeah, it's for those who are saying, I feel like I want to be a visionary leader in a gospel community, um, and I want to go out on a limb and, and, and see if anyone will gather to that. That's the plan. So yeah, Tanika. I guess if someone got up and gave an idea, there may be someone else who could lead that. Um, okay, I would say this. If you've, if you've, got, if you've put your name down for somewhere to say, say it. But if also you're thinking, you know what, I don't think I can lead it, let us know. Okay? And then we'll just see where we go from there. That's fine. But this is definitely more than an ideas night. We, 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 we weren't that clear what it was when we first put it in the diary because we're feeling our way through. When we got clarity on what it was, we've then obviously tried to make that clear in the last couple of meetings and by email, but that, that, that may have not quite hit, hit 
hit you where it, needs to, where it needed to hit you, in which case our apologies. Um, uh, yeah, you're not bound to anything. But So please let us know straight away if after you give your idea you think, but don't give it to me, just let us know. Then it's in the mix and it's part of that. But what I would say is this actually, oh, actually I, see, I, okay, I'm even on my feet, I'm thinking, oh, because people do gather to vision, but people also gather to people. So if you stand up tonight and give a vision and people gather to that, they're not just gathering to the vision, they're gathering to you. So actually, I wonder, I wonder if that's actually a great idea um, for you to stand up and give this amazing presentation and then say, but I'm not going to do it. Um, it may actually, because people may say, oh, that's the one. You know, wow, look, the way you spoke about it, you captured my heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm a bearer, yeah? That kind of thing that we had on Sunday. So maybe, maybe it would be, uh, I'm literally thinking on my feet at the moment, maybe it would be a wiser idea to just kind of be a bit more cautious there. Sulsha. Let's feel our way through. It'll be fine. Yeah, get up on your feet and we'll take it from there. Any other questions? Esther. Yes, we'll see who signs up. So basically, how do we... So the visionary person will give their thing, but then, but then it could be that someone who on our last gospel night said, I think I've got a gift to be able to be a pastoral leader or an admin leader. I said, I'm gonna, I, I want to help organize that or I want to help care for people in that. So we'll see who gathers to that. Um, if, if, if you want to gather and sign up to something tonight, as you put your name down, which Richard will talk about later... Just let it be known, either put a P in brackets or an A in brackets for pastoral or admin, just to help us know what you're... St- but if it's just, no, none of those, I just want to be a part of it, just put your name down, okay? You haven't got to, just, you haven't got to sign up if you want to be part of the leadership team. It's, this is for leaders and members. Yeah, any other questions? Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> We will, f- we, we will feel our way through with that as well. You're getting the theme now, aren't you? Get- now, for some of you, you love this because it's the way you tick. Others of you are thinking, this is a shambles, all right? I know, I know, I know people well enough to know this stuff. Um, I'm not pretending it's more morally virtuous to do it this way. All I'm saying is this. I think that, I think that we can probably get started quicker um, and get the ball rolling doing it this way, and let's just find our safety in God in it and not panic about lots of loose ends, okay? I, do, I know that some people find loose ends really hard. I'm aware of that. Um, all I'm going to just say is, is don't worry about it. It's all right, okay? It's all right. God will get us where he needs us to be, and, um, and we will do things as lovingly and as pastorally as we can, okay? Um, but that, I can't give you any more than that with integrity, so... Any more questions if you dare? Uh, Okay. All right. Well, let it begin.
Okay, just to remind you, the spirit of this thing, remember Steph preached um, from 1 Samuel last week about Jonathan the armor bearer, and the theme was, let's just see, you know, let's see if the Lord will come with this, let's see what happens, and that's the, that's the kind of the theme, the ethos behind this, and so I really want you to honor the people that get up and speak, um, because they've really just grabbed hold of this and said, well, I'm just going to put myself forward and let's see what happens, and, and that's absolutely what we want from this evening. We want people to get up, share their hearts, and we are absolutely trusting God that he will come on the back of it. And um, we can't wait to see what happens. So um, as each people, as each person comes up, please just uh, make them feel welcome and supported. Okay? Um, good, good. Um, I have got them randomly <laughs> selected here. <laughs> 19. So I'm just going to literally go through them, call whoever's name is on the list, get them to come up and share, and we'll just rotate. We will have a break, I think, in between, because 19 is quite a lot to listen to. Um, so I'm not going to make you fade away here. Um, I just want to pray again before we get up. Um, just pray for the guys that are going to be speaking, okay? Lord, I thank you that you give vision, Lord. I thank you that you have birthed things in people's hearts, and I thank you that you've given them the courage to put themselves forward. I thank you, Lord. Um, I ask that you just honor that tonight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be with people as they speak that they will um, speak from your heart, Lord. And I pray also for everyone else here that, Holy Spirit, you might quicken people to um, just really connect with vision, Lord. I pray that you would just align us with your plans tonight, Lord. And, uh, yeah, just be really totally all over this this evening, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, first up, hey, Jasali. And Lena, and Lena. <laughs> you start. Okay, um, I guess most of you saw this coming probably, but we're, we want to do a gospel community on St. Pancras West State, where we currently live. Um, and our vision is, um, we got most of this from Acts, um, Acts, Acts 2.42, but... Um, we want to be a community of believers who devote ourselves to fellowshipping together, praying together, studying the word together, and eating together, because that's important to us. Um, and out of that place um, will be an overflow and equipping to reach out to the estate and find fa- favor of all the people. And we can't wait to see God adding to our number those who will be saved on the estate. Um, and how will, th- how will this roughly look? How does it look? <laughs> um, just think of it as a mini church on the estate, basically. Um, very much part of Rev, but we'll have all the aspects of a church. So the three things that Steph mentioned was upwards, inwards, and outwards. I'll just break those down. So the eight upwards would just be time in God's presence, because that's so important that we spend time with him together, praying, prophesying over each other, and even spend the time walking around the estate and just asking God for, for his intervention, for protection, for just doors to be open generally to people's homes or people's hearts. Inwards, we'll, we'll look at um, doing Bible studies together, uh, accountability with each other. Um, so we're, we're a family, we're connected, we look after each other, we um, provide for each other uh, in every areas of our life where, where there's need. Um, and actually build, building relationships with each other, that, that, that's going to be you know, um, lasting for, for a long time. Um, and the last bit is just outwards. Um, that will vary from different various events, big events for the estate, smaller events for guys, smaller events for girls. Um, we'll also look to just really serve the community in terms of, I know there's, there's a few elderly 
families and homes that are there. We can just serve them by cleaning their house, doing some DIY, moving stuff, furniture around with, for them, or stuff like tutoring, um, h- helping different families just maturing their English because there's, there's a massive lack of it. Um, and also just hospitality in general. I think we'll, we'll be massive on hospitality, opening our homes um, and just bringing people in. Um, and th- there's also just a real uh, battle in terms of getting into get building with guys, building relationships with guys. There seems to be a real barrier. So it'd be good to get some really good guys on this as well. Just if you're getting stirred, please do sign up because um, there's a real need for it. But yeah, that's it. Does anyone have any questions about St Pancras Way State? Tanika, is that her? So the question was, do we need anyone or want anyone to move onto the estate with them? Absolutely. That is what we want. If, even if it's in the long run, you're thinking about it most definitely. I mean, we found just moving onto the estate is so massive. Um, just being around the estate, walking around, seeing people who your neighbours you're building with is just so amazing. Um, and to have a hub there would be incredible. Yeah. But you don't need to live on the estate to be a part of the gospel community. I don't know. It's not, apparently. No. So. Thank you. Uh, for the rest of you getting up, obviously these guys have had quite a long time to think about it. It's been in process for a number of years, so please don't feel... <laughs> Intimidated by the, uh, you know, the, the thoroughness of their vision, we, we, we will um, love to hear whatever you've bought for tonight, just to say that. Okay, next up, Andy Crawley. Okay, cool. Um, basically, um, my vision kind of is to do outreach uh, kind of in student communities, kind of at universities in north central London. Um, so obviously, right on our doorstep here, we've got both UCL and SOAS. Um, I mean, we've got loads of students within the church anyway. Um, that covers nearly 30,000 students at those two universities alone. So clearly there's potential for outreach there. Um, so basically, kind of um, what would this look like? Um, Basically, I met up with Ted um, earlier this week to pray and just kind of chat about some stuff. He um, is currently the president of the um, CU at UCL. Um, and, yeah, we're just kind of just throwing a few ideas out. Um, firstly, before I say that, though, um, this gospel community wouldn't just be for students. It's, like, kind of not students, just outreaching students, but kind of anyone to get involved in who's kind of got a heart just kind of for reaching these student communities. Um, so what kind of would this look like? Um, basically, first and foremost, kind of evangelism, outreach, kind of on the uni campuses, um, just kind of building relationships with people um, and kind of, yeah, just kind of really throwing yourselves in there. Um, pot- uh, potential kind of just for prayer support as well. So kind of linking with the CUs. They're already kind of doing great jobs in these universities. Um, just kind of kind of helping them with prayer and support. Um, and also uh, to just kind of to work alongside with them in events. 
but also to do separately from that, I mean, there's potential just kind of for running our own events, kind of creating direct bridges between kind of students we meet and do outreach with and kind of linking them straight in with the church kind of thing in that way. Um, as we were kind of, um, me and Ted were praying the other day, he kind of had the word of kind of picking up the grains. Um, so we kind of thought about this for a, for a bit and kind of I went back and I just kind of um, was just reminded of uh, kind of Ruth chapter 2 uh, where um, she goes uh, out, in the, out into Boaz's field and is kind of just picking up the grains after the harvesters have kind of gone through and, and kind of cut down the main, main crop and that. And you've kind of got the Old Testament law, haven't you, where kind of um, the harvesters have to leave the kind of the edges of the field and aren't allowed to pick up any of the grains that kind of left behind. And I just kind of felt that kind of, kind of the CUs are in these universities doing a good job on that, but there's kind of so many on the fringes and kind of so many people kind of just been missed out that kind of as a gospel community we could kind of get in there, get stuck in and kind of reach these people, their yeah, students. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Any questions for Andy? Any questions? Yes. Alistair. Question is, how will it be different from UCCF? Um, yeah, so obviously CUs um, do a great job. Um, but kind of from my experience, they don't do enough outreach, kind of actually spending time on campus talking to people. It's kind of so almost kind of very uh, sometimes kind of inward looking. How can we as individual students kind of um, be better students and reach people individually? I kind of think there's real room to go out kind of corporately together and kind of take around, put on events, that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, um, kind of got links with the different CUs at these universities and it'd be good to kind of keep in contact and keep in tie with these and kind of kind of help in events where necessary and stuff, but then kind of kind of break new ground on individual events as well. So yeah. Any more questions? Okay, next Sarah Dryzen and James Wellburn. Um, our idea started at the last um, Gospel Community Forum when a few of us got together and thought we'd like to do something around the around music. Um, and as we've kind of thought over the past few weeks, realised that's actually quite a broad thing. Um, and so we sort of picked out one of the core ideas um, to pitch to you. <laughs> pitch. It's quite cool. Um, sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> really bad. Um, yeah. So um, our idea. We've written a little manifesto. Actually, that might be a good place to start. Um, it would be a gospel community whose primary aim is to use high-quality music as a bridge to impact the London music scene and reach musicians and music lovers for God. Um, I'm going to pass over to James, who will tell you how this might work. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I'll put do not waffle on here. So um, basically, this is going to be kind of like a secular event run by Christians to start with. So the first kind of idea that we had was doing... Uh, like a showcase for musicians, artists, dance acts, anybody. Uh, well, not anybody. Um, 
but the, the key thing is to make it so it's really high quality stuff um, because we went to a showcase um, in Croydon a few weeks ago um, and the, qu the quality was so good um, and it was run by Christians. We didn't find that out until afterwards. Um, and uh, it's what keeps coming back, uh, people coming back to the thing because we're offering um, really high quality stuff. Um, and as a result of the one in Croydon, um, the church that helps run it, uh, which is a New Frontiers church, um, has actually been uh, in contact with the council um, and they've booked Selhurst Park Football Club, which is 26,000 capacity. Um, and they've got an event there in May, uh, basically to reach out to the community. Um, and so we're thinking that something similar to that, um, we start small and we could end up being pretty big. And we've got quite a few big football stadiums around here. Um, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the main thing is that, that there are other things that we can be doing, but this is one that we wanted to focus in on and have like uh, weekly, monthly showcases or whatever, um, where we just get people along um, and build relationships with people at live music events. Yeah, um, this kind of fulfills the, the gospel community criteria in a few ways. Um, outwards, obviously, musicians and music lovers will be influenced through kind of their um, our involvement with them and sort of... Um, music will serve as like the common love, like the bridge um, that we can reach them by. And people will be reached by um, some of the music, because obviously there'll be Christians there performing, some will be Christian music, some will be less kind of more secular music, I shouldn't say less Christian music. Um, and obviously we can sort of get a Christian foot in the door in the music scene. Um, Inward-wise, uh, we'll be able to support each other in community with kind of everyday needs and, you know, the obvious sort of Bible study and the community, church community things that we can do. Um, and also musically through sort of collaborating and moral support at events. Um, and upwards, obviously, music is primary source of worship to God and so is evangelism. And this would kind of serve God in um, bringing in his kingdom and taking his love where it's needed. Um, so, yeah, that's our idea. <laughs> Any questions? Yes, Ruth, is it Ruth? Yeah. The question is, is it going to be in a cafe format and do you only want musicians? That was something I forgot to mention, actually. This isn't, you might be thinking, I'm not musical, I can't be involved. Actually, this is something that anyone could get involved with. If you, if you like music, if you like listening to music, it's something you could come along to and support. You know, would need lots of kind of different things. Um, also, we were thinking other creative arts could be involved. So, you know, the, show, the showcases could involve anything, sort of dance, spoken word, poetry. So anyone can get involved with that. Um, it's also worth pointing out that what we would quite like would be um, to have like a group of, there's a lot of musicians and, and artists and creatives here. Um, so assuming we got the venue sorted, it wouldn't be hard to kind of have like a, a, a you know set list of kind of people doing you know getting the things sorted out. But if people, because it's an event, people can come along. If you have like a room with a hundred capacity and you've got ninety people from Rev there, that's like a great way of kind of like people come in and think, wow, this is kind of it's buzzing in here. But you know all the conversations they're having, are like you know about Jesus. Well, not all of them, but you know. So we thought that it, people, people can get involved uh, in that way, even, even if they're not directly involved. Any other questions? Francis. <laughs> well, we need a presenter for that, so if you're offering... <laughs> okay, let's just have one more. He's got a burning question. Yes, Sarah. 
Sarah wants to know if she can do country and western. Um, I, I think the main thing is that it would be all types of, of music and everything, but the thing is that it would be kind of vetted first. Not, not as in for inappropriateness necessarily, but kind of auditioned. Um, but basically because we, wa we want it so that people aren't coming along listening to stuff that's kind of not particularly good. Um, no, no, it's going to be literally a showcase of people kind of artistically. Thank you, Simon James. <laughs> just to say, we're not, if we lose loads of questions, we'll run out of time. So we'll just have a couple, if there is some, and we're going to get the people to stand at the end by the signing-in sheet. So if people do have any more questions, you can go to them then. Okay, next up, Seb Rumsey. <laughs> B, Rumsby. Evening. In Psalm 46, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Did you know that in 2010, the UK uh, gave over 250,000 immigration visas for students? Which means we got the nations on our doorstep. They're probably next door, in fact. Um, yeah, um, like most universities in London have at least 50% uh, foreign students uh, coming here to learn for a little bit. And um, uh, these people I've actually had the opportunity to make friends with, they're often very isolated. They don't have family. They don't have roots here. And also, they all love practicing English. So it's very easy to make friends with them if you initiate with them. Um, however, uh, on bringing them to church, I often find, well, you know, sometimes I can't even understand what Steph's saying. Uh, they don't get a lot out of it. So... Um, but um, anyway, my vision is to start a gospel community where international students or international people in general uh, can make friends, uh, feel kind of belonging, experience God's love, hear the gospel, learn to follow Jesus, and eventually be sent back across the world to spread the good news. So uh, that's quite a lot, um, and uh, it will need a lot of help. So um, if you guys... Uh, feel like you want to reach the nations and you have a heart for hospitality, uh, then that's what I'm looking for. Um, it will look something like probably in a weekly evening meeting. We can kind of do uh, traditional cell group structure. Like, we'll, I'd like to have a dinner together every time would be great. Uh, and then we could do stuff like read the Bible, uh, learn English that way, um, build relationships, pray and play with people, um, just have a good time, really. In terms of the whole uh, upward, outward, inward thing, I haven't really thought about it, but we'll probably just all do it at the same time. Just all do it in one evening. We'll have people there who are Christians, uh, people there who aren't Christians, just um, building up their faith, uh, whatever level they're at. And, um, yeah, uh, that's about all I've got to say. So, thanks. Any questions for Seb? No questions? Great. Thank you, Seb. Okay, next up, Esther Kelvin-Brown and Peter Ferns. Um, 
Cool. Um, right, so I, I want to reach out to refugees, asylum seekers, and vulnerable migrants because there's a lot in London, and um, particularly, particularly in a city like this, so big, it's very easy for them to get lost, and uh, we can befriend them. So um, I've sort of got three main points of why we should be doing this and how we can do it. So the first one is, um, I wanted to read Hebrews 13 verse 2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Um, the Bible talks a lot about reaching out to strangers, and um, the, I, I believe like asylum seekers are kind of like the epitome of, of who we are called to reach out to. They're the poor, they're often outcasts, not really appreciated in society. Um, they are the strangers, they are, they, a lot of time they can't speak our language. Um, and, and Jesus tells us constantly to reach out to them. So, um, yeah, I think one of the main ways of doing this is through, like, hospitality. Actually, a lot of what Seb just said kind of applies to this as well. Um, I think uh, I, I actually visited um, Mosaic Church in Leeds, and they were taught, I asked the international group there what the most important thing was for them, and they said, food, food, food. <laughs> so I think there'll be a lot of food involved. Um, what, <laughs> what, I, what, what I love is... Um, a lot, of, a lot of people come from that are coming here uh, as asylum seekers and refugees are coming from cultures which absolutely love hospitality and are really big on it, and they don't have the opportunity to express like the, yeah they don't have the opportunity to express that hospitality here because they don't know many people and especially um, integration is a big deal like pretty much every foreign person that's come here that I've ever met really wants to get to know the language wants to get to know English people and integrate in the culture and we have to make the first move because they are the visitors you know they're, they're coming here we need to welcome them so we need to show hospitality them to them big time but what I'd like to see in this is for us to empower people to show hospitality back again so they don't just feel like a charity case but they feel like they can really express their culture and express hospitality to us um, and feel welcome in doing that and in return also we get amazing food and <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and also, we get to learn so much about their culture. Um, okay, so the next, the next point was um, growing in, in diversity. Like, this is massive passion on my heart for the church to see it grow in diversity because, um, actually, a, a guy from this book <laughs> said, Christ is coming back for one bride and not a harem. And if, if people are coming into the churches and hearing Christ preach as unity and then seeing it full of white people and no one else, then there's an issue, and they're not, you know, they're not going to see the truth of, of what Christ is preaching. Um, also, it's totally countercultural, and it speaks masses of the love of Jesus. So, um, yeah, I, I want to see the church grow in diversity. And actually, I found some figures where 25% um, of all Londoners were born abroad, um, and 50% of London's church are, are, um, are foreigners, people come over. So 50% um, is, is incredible, and that's why the church is growing in London because it's foreigners that are going to church. Um, so, yeah, it looks like befriending. Um, that's going to be a big part. Building community, getting to know people, um, sharing culture, like cultural exchange, teaching English. We could do that if it's Christians coming, then totally Bible study. If it's not Christians, still could be Bible study. But I think we play it by ear, like um, uh, find out sort of what people we've got coming. There's a lot of Muslims coming to the UK. There's no reason why we can't um, reach out to them and get the gospel in. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, 
And then the third point was mission. Again, just like what Seb said, was uh, this, this has the potential not just for reaching people here, but for massive kingdom advance because people are getting saved here and uh, um, raised up as leaders and, and passion, in passion for church planting and go back. And um, my, my church back home is seeing dozens of Iranian Muslims become Christians who are then in, like have the biggest passion to reach out to more Iranian Muslims and they're seeing the kingdom advance. Um, actually, I don't know if people know John P.P. from Ghana. He actually came over here um, and then went, when he went back to Ghana, just planted tons of churches. And, um, you know, we have the opportunity to equip people, especially uh, Muslims who are coming over. They hear about Jesus for the first time. We get to tell them about Jesus for the first time and equip them to go back. And Or maybe not, I mean, the, the chances are people could go back really quickly. The really important thing is Rev is a sending church. That's definitely true. Like, they're sending people to the nations. And... Um, and, and we can do this so easily. Like some people will be sent back um, and we've had a chance to equip them to share the gospel and other people will choose to go back. Uh, there's, uh, there's a man from Central Asia. Everyone knows what that means now. Um, <laughs> at the church in Newcastle who um, came as a Muslim, got saved, and now he's like, I want to go back, I want to go back <laughs> because he wants to. And, and ultimately these people are more effective probably at church planting because they know the language, they know the culture. Um, they fit right in. They already have contacts, you know. Um, so it's just an incredible opportunity for mission. And also, um, there's, sorry if I'm going on for ages. Um, there's all, um, a lot of Eritreans came to my home church and I got to know them and I absolutely loved them. And now I want to go um, on, like, I want to go church planting in the Horn of Africa. And so this is also a gospel community which will um, teach people how to reach out in a cross cultural setting to train people for. Um, like give people heart for uh, reaching the nations and to train people for it as well, teach them how to reach out to people who who are very different and but amazing and beautiful. Um, so this this will look like pastoral care of people. There's um, lots of issues like people have come over um, like with crazy situations. So we can care for them, we can disciple them, we can build true friendship that's two way totally. Um, evangelism, equipping, this kind of thing, like equipping with language, but also Bible teaching. Um, finding out, like finding scriptures and podcasts in different languages, this kind of thing. Um, the thing I'll end on was um, I was speaking to my friend who's the same age as me. Um, he came over when he was 18 from Eritrea. He went through crazy like persecution and torture for his faith, crossed the desert and the sea and, and got to the UK. And I said, what was the hardest thing about being an asylum seeker? And he just said, not being welcomed. And like my heart broke because that's something we can so easily do something about. Like these people don't have food sometimes, they're on the streets, but we can welcome them. That's, no, that's not hard. And that's what the church can do like so easily. So yeah, I really want to put an end to people not feeling welcome. I'll just keep this quite short and brief because obviously Esther's uh, covered most of it and um, <laughs> I'm sure we've gone well over two minutes. Um, so basically... So basically, um, I mean, this kind of um, gospel community is for anyone who's really keen on reaching particularly foreign people, broken people, people who are really, really in need, and um, people who've got a good capacity for taking care of really vulnerable people. And like as Esther covered before, I mean, these are the real people that uh, the Bible talks about, that Jesus wanted us to reach, the homeless, the naked, 
the poor, the um, the weak and the vulnerable and the foreigner. I mean, when Israel were in Egypt, uh, they were foreigners. And um, one of the go- commandments God gave, particularly to the Israelites, is that when they had foreigners and uh, sojourners in their land, that they should take particular care of them. So I think it's very ki- um, close to God's heart. And Jesus himself was basically a foreigner in the world. So um, I think to one way, if you want to show your love back, that Jesus has given is definitely to love those who are come here very vulnerable, very broken and weak and to meet their needs, really. Any questions? No, great, thank you. Oh, there we go. Dave Mance, where are you? Uh, can I just uh, give a notice, totally unrelated to gospel communities, just to start with, uh, but I will do a gospel community thing in a bit. Um, as a friend of mine, uh, let's call him for now, uh, Jammy Muppet, who's uh, getting married this Saturday, and um, uh, and I just wondered, uh, don't worry, we've got loads of people to help, but we are just a few people short with, uh, you know, sorting out the food and stuff. So if anyone's free this Saturday... Um, to do things, so it's, it's kind of like you could do it for an hour, or two hours, or three hours uh, throughout the day, So, um, and it's doing things like helping set the food out on the buffet, or cutting up bread, very basic things. Uh, is anyone free on Saturday just fancies raising their hand now? Uh, so it, all across the day, so it could be, it starts at sort of 12.30 would be the earliest, and eight at night would be the latest, but it's, it is fairly short shifts. So um, Abby, then hang on, let me just write it. Anyone else? Laura, great, thank you. Tom Allen, legends. It'll be a really fun. Josh has been signed up by his wife. <laughs> Anyone else? Great, no, that's brilliant, thank you, I'll be in touch. All right, so um, I'm going to uh, set up a, uh, a rival gospel communities, uh, also for asylum seekers and refugees. Uh, so I, I didn't realise, I only heard about a minute before we started that... Um, uh, Esther and Fernie are also doing it. So, uh, as Fernie said, Esther covered it so comprehensively and, and well, actually, and really well. I thought she made the point really well about asylum seeking refugees are really the, the poorest of the poor, financially, in terms of relationships, in terms of emotionally, the experiences they've been through, um, in terms of opportunities. They're often not even allowed to work, let alone have the chance. So, um, so an incredibly uh, neat needy people group, I guess, and it really does fit our vision as a as church to reach out to people from across the nations and to be a church that really uh, is among the poor. So, yeah, just a, a wonderful opportunity there to share the gospel. So I won't go on any, any more than that, really. Uh, any questions? No? Cool. Oh, yeah, go on, Hannah. Well, again, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the sort of stuff Esther said, I was like, yeah, amazing. She, I'll definitely get behind her vision. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think food is a massive part of it culturally, and it's also, you know, it's a wonderful way of bringing people in and also just getting to know one another. So those kind of times would be very important, I think. Uh, in terms of the fun house, I should say, um, those of you who, who are kind of interested in the fun house, in the past I kind of started off saying the fun house would be its own gospel community, and then uh, we were like, actually, no, it won't work, talking to the elders, so... Um, so the fun ha- then I was like, okay, the fun house will be 
everyone in the final house will be in one gospel community and now I've kind of loosened up even more about it really so I just think it'd be great if if you know lo- lots of people in the fun house were in one gospel community because uh, I think that would really help to, to kind of make it a hub for a gospel community but if you want to be in the in the fun house and you but you want to be in like the music one or the arts one or whatever then uh, I think that would probably be cool so great uh, is that it yeah Great, thank you. Tom Avery. Hello. Some of you might not know me, so my name is Tom. Simon did get it right. Well done, Simon. And I'm married to Chloe, um, uh, who is wonderful, and we've got two little boys. Just quickly, on an unrelated note, if you can pray for my son, that'd be brilliant. He's got an operation in a week and a half, so if you can, please do. His name's Rocco. Um, so let's get down to it. I spoke to Chloe earlier. And I said, what, what shall I say? And she said to me, why don't you start with, if you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join our club. <laughs> so there we go. I've started with that. <laughs> That's Chloe's input into this. So you can thank her when you see her. Um, we have got a passion for reaching out to people involved in the arts through the arts. Um, I work as a teacher, but I'm also an author, and, and Chloe is uh, involved in lots of things. I can't define what she does. She's kind of a fashion-slash-textile-slash-illustrator-designer-type, lots of things, lots of strings to her, lots of bows, probably. Um, we want to reach out to Jesus. We want to be Jesus, sorry. <laughs> I was saying to Dave, I'm getting more and more nervous, and I just want to get it done, and now I'm here, I want to sit down. We want to be Jesus, and we want to hold out the truth to what is an intensely secular and liberal part of our society, a part of our society which doesn't even believe in truth, which, you know, would allow anything, is intensely liberal. We want to reach out to those people who are involved in the arts, and we want to be in there being involved in the arts. Um, What that might look like is um, lots of getting together, one anothering in terms of sharing what we do, in terms of critiquing each other's work, in terms of sharing what we're doing, in terms of working on projects together, hopefully putting on exhibitions of our work, hopefully with a, with a shared theme of something to do with the God that we love, something to do with what we believe, inviting people into that, giving uh, uh, free lessons in whatever expertise we have, inviting people into our community just to be part of that critiquing. I think we could do loads of stuff. Um, To quote Anton Deck, I'm hyped up, psyched up, ready for riling about this one. So (laughs) if you want to be involved, please, please sign up. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I want to put on a music thing on the St Pancras Way estate, which reaches out to students and to illegal... So why should we be involved in your one? Well, we're going to eat lots of cake and drink lots of tea as well, so... You know, loads of reasons. There you go. I'm going to make the call to hold questions, just in case you wonder why I told Tom to go back. Uh, Just in view of time, it's better that we hear everybody rather than have questions. So I'm going to ask people to stand at the table at the end, and you can ask people questions then. Okay. Nick. Nick Levin, where are you? Come up.
Wow, thank you. Um, so most of you will know we have um, a debt counselling centre that we run um, in partnership with um, Christians Against Poverty. Um, we started that last November. Um, so yeah, what about it as a gospel community? Um, so we're reaching um, people who are just really oppressed by um, kind of unmanageable debt. Um, you know, they're living in kind of fear and uh, just, yeah, just isolation. It generates a lot of um, kind of worry, depression, and um, yeah, um, they're really um, in need of us um, reaching out to them, and that's that's why we're already doing it. Um, um, we know there's um, a big need for it in Camden and Islington um, already because we're seeing you people every week. A lot of you um, will have come out on visits with me and, and have built kind of already built relationships with people. Um, and it's just, um, it's a really amazing way to practically reach out. We're going into people's homes, so we've already got that connection with them. Um, so I guess, yeah, what would that look like? Um, exactly going into people's homes um you know it's you can do anything make people food um just build relationships with people do events um it w i guess it would also involve um sort of building links uh more even more links with um kind of other community groups um just so that we can identify people um even more people who are in debt um yeah that is that's cap if you've got any questions ask me later Thanks, Nick, Matt, and Rachel. Okay, thank you. Do you know what? Can I just try something? Yeah, I've always wanted to do this before we do it. Can, yeah, two minutes, two minutes. Can you all just click on the count of three? One, two, three. No, no, keep clicking. I love that noise. Sorry. Okay. Right. What I want you to do, yeah, I'm gonna, we want to take you on a very brief journey. I need to use your imaginations. We're going to do a brief bit of role play to bring you up to speed on our gospel community. Rachel. Okay. So we was in Nando's one evening and was having a conversation a bit like this. So, Matt, gospel communities. I've been reading Isaiah like, about how God wants us to set the captives free, to bring those in darkness and light. And I was thinking gospel community is such a good way of doing that. Now, what do you think about youth outreach becoming a gospel community? Youth outreach becoming a gospel community. You know what? I've been thinking for a long time about youth outreach becoming a gospel community. Will it work? Won't it work? <sighs> to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I can see both sides. Phil thinks so, but he's not in our conversation because we're in Nando's. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I really, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I'm not, I'm not sure. I just don't know. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that there's such a big thing starting there. Like God is on the move. People are coming to church from there. And there's such a like momentum building. Seeds are being sown. It would be such a shame for gospel communities to come in and youth just stop. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. But I still, I don't know. It's like, it's like I can see that. Yeah, gospel, I don't know. I don't know. Youth outreach is brilliant. Like we're we're seeing momentum, we're seeing favour, we're having great conversations every week. But uh, wait, what if Maiden Lane itself became a gospel community? I knew there was a reason I was marrying you. Woo. <laughs> um, 
That is an amazing idea because you know what? Maiden Lane isn't just about youth, it's about families. There's been opportunities where I myself was um, sat into an Asian family's house and an Islamic family and they've been so lonely and I've just been able to share the love of Jesus with them and even one of the uncles came to church. And yeah, so Maiden Lane isn't just about youth. Okay, so we're out of role play now, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> okay, if you hadn't guessed it, I know that a lot of you, a lot of you know that I'm involved in the youth outreach, um, which goes primarily to Maiden Lane and some of the other estates around the area. But um, it's really on our heart to, to follow, really, what God's kind of opening up. Um, you see, every time we've been out it's to do youth outreach, the youth team would agree with me. It's been more than just going out to speak to the teenagers. We've been inundated with little kids running up to us and wanting to play and get involved. Um, even last Friday, I had the opportunity to knock on a few doors and speak to the parents, and they were, they were really receptive, really friendly. Um, we've had opportunity um, to, to, to talk and minister with some of the Asian families on the estate. And it's a little bit like, you know, God says that the, kingdom of, the kingdom of God is like a little seed, doesn't he? A really small little seed. And uh, it's planted, and it grows up to be one of the biggest um, trees in the garden and, and the birds of the air come and perch on it and people come and find rest and shade there and it's and it feels like we've been going out with our little seed and actually what God's what God's bringing out has all sorts of branches on it it's not just a youth a youth tree it seems like there's other branches coming off so we would love you guys to join us and um, and serve Maiden Lane and follow the door that God's opened really anything else Rachel no? okay all right Okay, we're going to do one more and then have just a couple of minutes break to stretch our legs. So uh, please welcome Dave Smith and Leela Angus. Um, okay, well, this summer, uh, me and my then husband Dave are looking to move to a really great estate called uh, Queen's Crescent. Um, Queen's, Queen's Crescent is um, behind, it's the estate behind Haverstock School where we're, our, our new venue where we're meeting. And uh, Dave and I both used to um, li- live, opposite, uh, live opposite each other on Queen's Crescent. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, and uh, the, the two, our two households used to meet up and pray together. Um, and we... <laughs> Uh, anyway, when we were praying, uh, when we were praying, uh, at one point I remember God giving me this picture, and it was a picture of uh, these trees growing up out of the ground and breaking up all the hard ground. And I just really felt at the time it was um, God really wanting to bring life into that community and break up what had been previously really hard. And so it would be brilliant to have people come um, and, and join with us and actually break up that hard ground and really bring some life there. Cool. Um, just a couple of points I want to tell you about Queen's Crescent. Um, oh, sorry. When, I li- when we lived there, the thing that struck me about the area is there was a real community. Um, I wasn't part of the community, but they knew each other. I remember lying in bed, and we lived on a market road. So it's a market road um, with estates all around it. And people would walk down that road, and they'd know each other. They knew each other's kids. They'd argue with each other. They'd love one another. They'd, they'd play. They'd meet up. They'd do loads of stuff. And I thought, wow, this really strikes me, because I've lived in lots of places in London, and people don't tend to know each other. Okay? And off the back of that, I remember um, being in a prayer meeting in my house there, and uh, during a prayer meeting, I was amen in as you do while not paying attention and looking out the window. 
And when I was looking out the window, I saw this man walk past. I saw him loads of times, this sort of middle-aged man, sort of dressed really badly. And he, had to, he just doubled up in pain. So basically, it's like his hands were touching his feet while he was walking along. So he'd walk along inch by inch by inch. It would take like half an hour to go along the stretch. And I'd see him all the time. And during a prayer meeting, I thought, well, I just want to go and pray for him. So I went out of the house, went to pray for him. Um, asked if I could pray for him. He said yes. So I prayed for him, shut my eyes because I was scared. I didn't want to look at him at the time. And, uh, and after I prayed a short prayer, I looked, you know, I said, how would you feel? He said, nothing's changed. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. So then I looked around, and there were about 30 people staring at us. Okay, everyone had stopped. People were standing outside the shops. Um, people were standing there with bags of food. Um, people had stopped their conversations. They were watching us. And I just thought, God, if you had healed that guy, it would, it would have been the talk of the town. Everyone would have heard about that. And he put something in my heart, and now me and Lisa feel like there's a door opening for us. We're actually, we're looking to move, because we're getting married. So we're going to move on to Queen's Crescent, um, and we want doors to open, and God's put that desire in our, in our hearts. So what's it going to look like? I don't know. Um, it's got everything there. It's got young, old, there's, there's football pitches on the estate, people play basketball, there's single mums, there's a lot. Um, I just, we just want to gather a group of people to love each other, to love God, and then reach out to love other people. But we want to gather first, love each other first, build community, and then as a group say, what do we think God's put on our hearts? Because we want others to really have a massive input into what we're doing. It's not us at all. It's us as a group. So if you're up for it, come and talk to us, and we'd love to talk to you. Cool. Thanks, Dave and Lisa. Okay, we're 10 down, 9 to go. Um, we're going to have a strict, very strict, five-minute break. Just stretch your legs, invigorate your brains, and uh, come back. Five minutes. Okay, next up, please welcome Chris John. Um, right, this one uh, is one that isn't going to happen overnight um, and is little more than a vision at the moment. Um, but it's for people who feel burdened to help uh, people that, that do or will suffer from mental health problems. Um, and that, that affects one in four people in the UK over a lifetime. So that's the first four or five rows on your site will all at some point suffer from clinically diagnosed mental health problems. Sorry. Um, so that's the first four or five rows will at some point suffer from clinically diagnosed mental health problems. Um, only this side. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, I read recently that one in six dogs will also suffer from depression. Um, so, so there's an opening there if you really like animals. Um, so at the moment... Uh, I guess in my, in my mind, the vision was to have something that relates to the church in the same way that CAP does, i.e. that it's overseen by the church um, and, and its structure uh, is based around the church. But it's really uh, the, the practitioners are professionals, people that are trained, um, so they would be able to really um, take some of the NHS uh, workload. Um, because with one in four people in the country at some point suffering from mental health, whether or not you think the government should help those people, it can't. Um, and so especially in inner city London, there's a real need to take some of that burden from the NHS. Um, and if it was, you know, trained professionals that were um, going to be essentially running the thing, then that would be possible.
Thanks, Chris. Okay, next up, lovely Saoirse Maguire. Hello. Um, mine is, well, I've written it on my phone because it's quite a jumble of thoughts rather than a vision um, as such. Um, but it might be a sub-community. It's um, aligned with Chris's, but with more of a focus for young women. Um, potentially kind of 16 to 28. Um, uh, I just feel that young women are really bombarded and attacked with really negative messaging. So about how the way they look, how they should interact with each other, how they should um, view the world around them. Um, I think it shapes their ideas of their own worth and the roles and ways they should achieve in life um, and how they should relate to boys particularly. I think it's quite a massive thing. Um, I've had quite a lot of experience through non-Christian friends and um, housemates of how um, powerful and refreshing just having a different, totally different viewpoint on life can be and how just um, coming in with a different model of how to relate to people, how to view yourself, etc., based on how much God loves us and how much we reflect him, how powerful that can be because it's a voice that just doesn't get heard and a message that doesn't get come across. Um, yeah, and moreover, to show how in our lives these things play out. It's not just words. It's not just fancy ideas. Actually, in our messy, busy lives, it's really practical and can work. Um, and and also to show how it works in our lives, our church friends' lives, um, people, biblical characters' lives, that it's really a modern issue but has been going on for a very long time. Um, so say I get the bus to uh, work every morning, and there's a lot of schoolgirls on that bus, and the way that they um, talk to each other, talk about each other, talk about what they've been up to, talk about, give advice to each other, it's really, really frightening. And I just think, um, but frightening, but completely in line with everything they hear through magazines, TV, radio, celebrities. And I think that just to be a normal person, but living completely radically differently would be quite um, impactful. Um, yeah, and all the kind of ideas that are circulating lead to very dark places. Um, they lead to eating disorders, self-harm, bullying, underage sex, um, and completely warped ideas of one's own worth. Um, I'm not sure how this would work in practice. Um, I'm thinking potentially a publicised phone line, like on little cars in toilets, um, manned by one of us who has been through some kind of counselling training, um, potentially educational seminars going into colleges just being like there's a different way to think about this um uh maybe just a friends network so starting it off talking to each other's friends um about such things um i also felt god um say that it should be offered as some kind of confidential pastoral service to girls in the church because it's not something that doesn't affect christian girls and we're all very polluted by the world so um yeah um in my head it's like Charlie's Angels for girls <laughs> um, yeah so it's just a really fresh and different perspective on really real life important issues that can go in very young and totally shape your opinions of the way you should live yeah. thanks Sosh Next up, Dave Morris. Thank you. Um, all right. 
So some of you might be thinking, well, I don't like foreigners. I, I, I don't think that. I've just realised that came out slightly wrong. Um, I don't... <laughs> I don't like the arts, I don't like students, well, stop listening to me. Because um, I want to kind of cover a whole broad swathe of everybody, but on one very specific criteria, which is men. Uh, I have a passion for men, uh, no. Um, <laughs> stop that there again, sorry. Uh, you'll be happy to know, I haven't really planned this, so I haven't got a nice list of stuff to say. It's not going to take very long, I'm going to say things that come off the top of my head very quickly, by the sounds of it as well. Um, so basically, looking out over this scene, I'm surrounded by a vista of loveliness, which is a single guy is great. Um, but I would like to see more men out there because, you know, men are good. Men are really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and there are loads of really good statistics about why men need to become Christians. But I feel that if I have to quote statistics at you as to why you should save people, then perhaps you're not for me. And also, I can't remember statistics. So... But basically, saving men is a really good thing to do. If you save the man of the family, generally, you will see the whole family come to Christ a lot more often than if you save a woman or a child. Um, so don't think about the Titanic at this point. Not women and children first. Get the men, the rest will follow. <laughs> but if you're on a sinking boat with not enough life rafts, women and children first. Die like a man! Um, so that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. I really haven't thought what it's going to look like, how it's going to work. I am woefully, woefully underprepared. So thank you for laughing at me. It's been very encouraging. And that's me. Thanks, Dave. Luke Greenway. Um, well, mine's about food and hospitality, so uh, <laughs> so I suppose my group is probably best described as bread of life with balsamic. <laughs> so who, who is this group for? It's for anyone who loves God and wants to know him better and grow as a Christian and also who enjoys cooking and eating food and sharing their faith with others. So my aim is to see a community of people from all walks of life, full of the love of God in their life, sharing it with others in the church and in the community. So we'll be a community that has been saved by grace, impacting a community which we live and work, to see those communities changed and transformed by the gospel, and to see a people mature and grow in Christ. So the plan is to spend time studying the word, praying and worshipping together, be led by the Spirit, and use gifts to build up and encourage one another. Each week to break bread together, eat together, maybe barbecues, fine dining, come down with me, let's go down there. <laughs> <laughs> to advance the gospel by including our non-Christian friends, neighbours, work colleagues, families. Pastorally, we want to... We want everyone in our group to be properly cared for and looked after. So come join with me. We'll do each other good. We'll have great times in God's presence, knowing him more, enjoying good food and wine. Come help build a community that loves God and each other, that impacts the community around, around us with the gospel. Remember, bread of life with balsamic. <laughs>
Thank you, Luke. Uh, next up, Alex Morton. <laughs> Where are you? Yay. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so I'm going to start off with what I do know, which is that God has came to a prophetic word for Steph, um, saying that we have lots of medical people in our church who are going to be sent out to different countries to do medical things. Um, I know that when Jesus was on earth, he spent a lot of time with the sick people, healing them. Um, I know that as a church, we have a lot of sickness, generally, um, and it's good to pray for them. So, all those things sort of coming together, um, I'm thinking of a gospel community to do with health. So, uh, we do have a lot of medical people um, from all sorts in the church, um, which is good, but I wouldn't limit it to them. Um, I think the best way of people, like if you know this is for you or not, is if you were to see someone vomiting, you'd either be like repulsed by it, and if that's you, this probably isn't for you. <laughs> or you'd, you'd, you'd want to go and help. <laughs> Or you'd be curious as to why they're vomiting. And if you're in the last two, so you're curious or you want to go and help, then this is probably for you. So how it would look with up, um, it would be just generally getting together, worshipping God. That's all amazing. Um, inwards, um, it would be an extra um, time to pray for the church, especially for health. Um, it would be building up people, um, especially those who do want to do medical work in other countries and things. Um, and it would be also just an example, because in the medical community, there's a massive hierarchy that I hate, um, of like, you sort of have consultants at the top, and then it sort of works down, and everyone, and it's all wrong, um, and so this would be an example of everyone getting together on like an equal sort of building relationships in a healthy way, which would be good, um, I think that's all, and out is the bit where I get stuck, but it would be awesome to start praying for the sick because normally you have like medical professionals on one side and praying for the sick in a whole other category and you tend to keep them apart. But I think it would be quite exciting if you brought them together um, just to see what would happen. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know how that would look. Um, and also maybe reaching out to other medical professional people, which would be also cool. Um, what I don't want is a gospel community full of medics who meet up and have social times. That's not what I want, um, because that would just get cliquey, and there's enough medical cliques in the world without that. Um, and yeah, so if you're not a medical person, but you still like want healing, and you want to see you know, us breaking out in healing, then that's also, you know, this could be for you as well. So it's, it's many different things, and I'm not sure how it's gonna work, and it might not, but <laughs> we'll see. Thank you, Alex. Rima Gascoigne. Okay. Um, okay um, my gospel community idea 
vision thing is kind of basically about vulnerable women and reaching them like within the community of London, like Camden. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about was victims of domestic abuse, because um, as, as Steph's mentioned in like a meeting not long ago, um, it's a massive problem in Camden and it's like the source problem for a lot of things that happen in Camden, like problems with families, problems with gangs and stuff like that. So it's a really like important thing to be like dealt with and like it's such a it's such a difficult thing to, to like like work into and I think that God can really open doors in that. Like because we can't like it's such a silent thing, like we can't see it going on kind of thing. So that's where God really needs to like bring us like the like the sight into that. Um and also like looking at helping prostitutes and women who've been sex traffic trafficked into this country um like they're quite linked obviously um so kind of like i don't I, I don't have a complete like idea how that would happen but obviously it needs a lot of training and it needs a lot of like insight from other like maybe charities and um i know there's a church in bethnal green i think it's the new frontiers but i'm not sure who have a ministry to 